This is Plant-Based Briefing. What made people eat plant-based or go vegan in 2018 to 2021? Part 2 by Sandra Nomoto at sandranomoto.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, host of this curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate articles on plant-based and vegan living with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article is longer than that, so it's a two-parter. I read part one yesterday. So go back and listen to that first, and then jump back here for part two. And now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. What made people eat plant-based or go vegan in 2018 to 2021? Part two by Sandra Nomoto at sandranomoto.com. Lesser recommended tactics. Number one, internet videos. Internet videos were VOMAD's third top tactic at 14.4% of participants, and non-graphic at 38% and graphic at 40% videos reported reduced animal product consumption in Faunalytics for self-reported study. Regarding videos with graphic content, the study recommended that advocates show graphic videos only to forewarned viewers, as it's reasonable to assume that anger would be higher in individuals who find the content objectionable, rightly or wrongly, and did not consent to see it. This will come into play later when I talk about non-disruptive protests. Faunalytics also stated non-graphic videos are sometimes shared via social media posts, which scored high in both studies. Below are the clips reported in VOMAD's study to the question, what was the name of the video clip you watched that made you interested or convinced you to go vegan? And the answers in order of popularity were Other, I Don't Remember, Gary Yarofsky's Speech, Graphic Footage of Animal Farming and or Slaughter, Freely, the Banana Girl videos, 101 Reasons to Go Vegan, James Aspie's speech, Darius Gary, Earthling Ed Street Interviews, Earthling Ed Speech, and PETA videos. Number two, leaflets or flyers. VOMAD survey noted that activists handing leaflets out was the most successful form of public activism at 20.5%. Public activism was the seventh most successful tactic at 1.4% in the survey. That's still great news for the introverts like me. Faunalytics survey was much higher, with 43% of respondents in the first study experiencing leaflets before reducing their animal product consumption. While leaflets increased animal protection behavior intentions in meat-eaters, it did not change behavior. Leaflets scored around the midpoint of responses in the experiment, meaning people reacted neutrally. The study also mentioned a previous experiment that didn't find an overall effect of leaflets on changing college students' meal purchases and dining halls. Previous research by Vegan Outreach in 2018 also provided weak evidence supporting the effectiveness of leaflets. Number three, non-disruptive protests. Faunalytics reported that non-disruptive protests reduced petition signing in meat avoiders and didn't change people's behaviors in its experiment, even though almost 40% of respondents who remembered experiencing them in the first study reported reducing animal product consumption. It was one of the top-scoring forms of advocacy perceived as condescending and misleading in the experiment, and also one of the advocacy forms least likely to be seen as informative by participants. Non-disruptive protests were the top tactic whose message participants were least likely to agree with. You'll see in VOMAD's analysis of public activism methods that the most successful types of protests were non-disruptive. After leaflets, the 19.5% citing other includes the work of the Animal Liberation Front, festivals, friends, sanctuaries, and more. Following that was anonymous for the voiceless Cube of Truth and animal rights protests or marches. Here's the VOMAD question. What was the type of public activism that got you interested in veganism? And the responses in order of popularity were an activist handing out leaflets, other, anonymous for the voiceless Cube of Truth, animal rights protest or march, Talking to an activist on the streets, other than in an anonymous for the voiceless cube. I don't remember. 
the Earthlings experience a disruption at a public place, like a restaurant, shopping mall, etc., and the Save Movement. Number four, celebrities. While VOMAD did not present celebrities or online content creators or influencers as a tactic in its survey, Phonalytics didn't find causal evidence for celebrities in changing people's behaviors, despite almost 25% of respondents experiencing celebrity messages in the first study. Responses to celebrities were neutral to negative in both studies, and a previous report found that receiving information from celebrities was associated with less success at attaining a vegan dietary goal. I think this is because people might start on a plant-based diet hoping to look like a celebrity, but if they aren't connected to the values of veganism, or especially if the celebrity stops eating a vegan diet, there isn't a strong pull to commit. I wondered whether content creators fare any better, but I think we treat them the same. For what it's worth, I have a list of plant-based celebrities and influencers on my List Love page linked here. Number 5. Books Books were the sixth most popular tactic in VOMAD's survey, with 3.4% of respondents mentioning them. Phonolytics reported there wasn't sufficient data on books as advocacy tools to make a recommendation about them and didn't include it in their experiment. Their first study provides limited evidence that books may be effective, at least with those who choose to read them. 72% of respondents who remembered reading a book said it caused them to reduce their animal product consumption. Given the limitations of self-report studies, see limitations from study 1, Phonolytics is uncertain about books' potential to cause behavior change and recommended more research. People have asked me if I'm going to write a third book, and while I say that I will, now knowing that documentaries have more of an impact on behavior change than books do, I'm hoping that my next project will involve both a documentary and a book, similar to what Brian Kateman's done with Meet Me Halfway. Below are the books cited by participants in VOMAD's study. I've read all three of the titles listed and agree that Campbell and Campbell's The China Study and Jonathan Safran Foer's Eating Animals are pretty effective. But again, it takes a documentary or conversation with a vegan or someone on the plant-based spectrum to find out about these books. The VOMAD question, what is the name of the book that made you want to go vegan? And the responses in order of popularity. The China Study by T. Colin Campbell. Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foer. Animal Liberation by Peter Singer, Skinny Bitch by Kim Barnuin, Other, Diet for a New America by John Robbins, How Not to Die by Michael Greger, The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan, and The Starch Solution by John McDougall. Tactics I Don't Recommend Number 1. Disruptive Protests As already mentioned, public activism was one of the lowest forms of advocacy in VOMAD's survey, with disruptive protests, i.e. throwing paint, vandalism, property damage, or other stunts like appearing nude, being the least effective. While folks in Phonolytics' first study were a little more generous, with 26% of people experiencing them reporting reduced animal product consumption, it recommended against using this method because disruptive protests increased self-reported animal product consumption in meat eaters in their experiment, Meat avoiders were also less likely to sign a petition if they watched a disruptive protest. Phonolytics also reported disruptive protests caused anger towards protesters in almost half of the respondents who remembered experiencing them in the first study. These protests were also one of the advocacy forms most likely to cause anger in their experiment, and the second most likely form of advocacy to be perceived as condescending and misleading. They were also least likely to be seen as informative, and one of the forms least likely for participants to agree with its message. I think about the recent protests executed by Animal Rebellion, now Animal Rising, where protesters have been spilling milk in grocery and retail stores. While they've been getting some great media coverage for it, I put myself in the shoes of a manager of one of these stores and think about the stress these spills cause. 
Not only are products wasted, yes, I know we shouldn't drink cow's milk, but we could donate it to people with nothing to eat or drink, but also the damage caused costs money and maybe even that person's job. Would I stop to think, I understand these people were trying to make an important point about the animals? No. Anytime a protest causes property damage, it's a friggin' headache, and I wouldn't be in the right mental state to have a conversation with a vegan about animal rights or eating more plants. Number two, billboards or other ads. Advertisements weren't a tactic presented in VOMAD survey. Phonolytics zeroed in on billboards in particular, saying there was no impact of billboards on people's behaviors, beliefs, attitudes, or intentions, and only 25% of respondents in the first study said they reduced their animal product consumption because of seeing a billboard. There are some clever billboards I've seen by PETA, Switch for Good, and other nonprofit organizations. I love that Gen V offered £1 million to UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak if he went vegan for one month. But did the outdoor ads help to sway him, or were they meant for omnivores? Think about how many people pass a billboard versus are online. I know that ad salespeople will tell you that traffic's in the hundreds of thousands for billboards or outdoor ads, but out of those people in rush hour traffic or even walking by a busy train station with heads down looking at smartphones, how many are intrigued by the ad enough to change their dietary behaviors? I imagine it's not very many. I think outdoor ads can be successful for brick-and-mortar businesses or even large corporations, but as a PSA, I don't see it standing the test of time. 3. TV or radio or podcasts I'm not surprised TV or radio shows weren't mentioned in phonolytic studies, but I am surprised podcasts weren't at all as a potential advocacy tactic, given that there are some popular vegan podcast hosts out there. Rich Roll, Simon Hill, Darren Olean, interestingly, all white men. However, in VOMAD's survey, they were the least successful tactics at 0.6% for TV and 0.3% for podcast or radio. If we were to do this survey now or in another few years, I think podcasts might rank slightly higher, but they could also be a weak tactic because most folks who listen to vegan-hosted podcasts are already vegan or eating plant-based. It's also worth mentioning that in VOMAD's survey, 11.2% of respondents, or 1,435 people, said they made the connection to go vegan without any influence. Good for them. There you have it, folks. Take this info and do with it what you will. If you're vegan or on the plant-based spectrum and want to get more people on board with our movement, share this blog so they have the info. Tag me on social media and I'll amplify it on my end too, because remember, we recommend social media for this purpose. You just listened to What Made People Eat Plant-Based or Go Vegan in 2018-2021 to by Sandra Namoto at sandranamoto.com, part two. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And this is a great summary because I had noted these phonolytic studies recently as well and was thinking about including them on the podcast. But I love how Sandra combined the phonolytic studies with the previous VOMAD study. Great way to summarize it all. And I always put a link to the original post in the show notes. So from there, you can go into all the links that she has provided. So many great resources, including links to the original studies if you want more information. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit and thanks for listening.